it's always a growing experience when you're healing. Um, but healing happens simultaneously, instantaneously. The moment you affirm it, the moment you express it, the moment you allow it. You know, it's never like healing is not a process, but reshaping the consciousness, reshaping the reshaping the heart, reshaping the mind to to see that in a different way is a process. Mm. Is a is a process. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. This is a space that you come to each and every week to learn more about what it means to truly be wealthy. See, in this community, we don't subscribe to the surface level definition of wealth, which is all about money and material possessions. We believe in the original 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's about the condition of well being. So each and every week, we seek to uncover all the other parts of our lives that impact our finances, even when we're not thinking about it. And I am so excited to welcome you back. Listen, if you don't know anything about the six pillars of wealth that we subscribe to, I want to invite you to go to patricewashington.com forward slash six pillars, and you can grab the cheat sheet there. But as for today... I am so excited to get into what I would call a fit pillar conversation because it's all about healing, in particular self-healing. And I'm super excited because as I told you, this season is all about me sharing like everything that I have used to help me navigate what I would consider one of the most difficult seasons of my life. And the ability to get through it with as much grace and ease and peace and dignity as possible has just come through utilizing so many different things. And today's guest, Londrell, is here. And you guys already know, if you follow me on Instagram and you are in my Insta stories, you know how much I love me some Londrell. You know how much I talk about Londrell. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity uh, to interview him today. Now, before... I get into that, though, I want to share with you the affirmation of the week. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You got to affirm positivity. You got to affirm abundance. You got to affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is, I will go the way God leads. Purpose may require me to be illogical. As long as I'm committed to honoring my spirit authentically, I don't need the validation of external forces, even those that genuinely desire to protect me. I make time to be still and learn how to discern my fears versus the fears of others. I honor those feelings, yet I choose to create a plan to figure it out and honor what I believe God has shown or told me. I know that no matter what, all things will work together for my good if I continue to trust. Declare with me today, I will go the way God leads. Okay, so now let me give you a bit of a formal bio before I share my heart about what Londrell has done for me. Londrell Hall is a poet, author, and musician. His works, words, and poetry are deeply inspirational. And as an independent artist, Londrell has released seven studio albums, his most famous being Stay Free and his most recent Self Heal, which we'll dig into today. As the creator and voice of the popular mindfulness and meditation app, Eternal Sunshine, Londrell's art and offerings remain anchored in his desire to serve and remove suffering from the hearts and minds of all souls. Without further ado, here is Londrell. 
Blessings, Patrice. It is an honor. <laughs> it is a blessing to, to to be here in the physical, to share space, to hold space, to 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 give face to the the the, the name Landrell that you've always been talking about on your pod, on your podcast and yeah. on your Instagram. So I am so honored to meet you. So honored to just be in the same room. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. I am so excited. I was driving to the studio today thinking about how I first discovered you mm. because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I literally listen every day to something. Right. And I was thinking, what was the first time that I even heard Landrell? And honestly, it wasn't that long ago. So at the mm. time that this airs, it'll be about a year and a half. And I was on a mastermind retreat with some women in Costa Rica. I did not know anybody um, there except for the woman who was holding the space for everyone. Um, and it was such a beautiful experience. And I remember hearing about this idea of the new moon. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down what that what that meant and how it was explained to me. It was about new beginnings. And the new moon phase is a more introspective time and represents new beginnings as we plant seeds for the future. It's a good time to set clear intentions for what's ahead, clarify your goals, start new projects, acknowledge your growth since the previous new moon, right? Mm-hmm. And I created a playlist on Spotify and I named it New Moon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, as I go into this season, because I had newly separated at that time, mm-hmm. I knew that I didn't want to just listen to gospel music. Yeah. And I just... and. That's because my concept of God was starting to really expand Mm -hmm. and I wanted to listen to stuff that just really helped me essentially vibrate higher. Yeah. And not be in a space where I always felt like I was begging Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or waiting for something outside of myself to come in and fix anything. I wanted it to be more proactive. Mm -hmm. So I made this playlist called new moon it had one song on it and next thing i know i'm at my desk and spotify is like listen to this listen to this and i think vibrate higher Mm. i know vibrate higher was the first thing and it was like um i'm walking in purpose on purpose and our whole motto here is chase purpose not money yeah so Uh purpose is a very big theme for me and um I was at my desk and I was like, oh, wait uh, a minute. Is it different? And that's how I started to dig into yeah. like, who is Landrell? Mm-hmm. And instantly, since yeah. that day, I don't think there's been a day that I haven't listened mm-hmm. to you in some form uh, or fashion. That's, 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 that's so sweet to hear and to just receive as, you know, a lot of us are coming into this space where we want to know more about ourselves, more about God, more about life. And we don't want to be boxed in in that. We want to be free in that. We want to feel like we have a say-so in that. Mm-hmm. Like we have, like it's a relationship, especially the divine relationship and the relationship we have with with God and, and ourselves. It's it's simultaneously one and the same. So we want to feel like, okay, we are included in, it, in that. And sometimes, um, like you said, gospel music sometimes can be like too begging like like I'm your child God I can come to you as your child and not as a beggar off the street like mm-hmm. I need something like I want something I just want to have that relationship with you I just want to be with you in this type of way and that's when the fun begins that's when the magic begins when I think when our relationships become more of like God is our beloved, God is our friend, God is our our father or our mother, just shifting the dynamic and the perspective of the relationship that we have with the divine to a more personal, to a more personal. Yeah. And I think uh, my music does that. It makes God personal. It makes God like, okay, God is right here, a friend, like someone you can talk to in the language yeah. of your heart. Yeah. You said, I think my music does that. Let me say, <laughs> no, your music definitely does that because uh, in this season— of expanding my idea of who God is, one of the things that I've shared with the audience um, was that growing up, I felt like God was always watching, judging, looming over, waiting Mm. to damn me to hell. Yeah. And so that really is restricting. Like there's no freedom in that to just be fully who you are. So Mm -hmm. we tell people to walk in purpose, on purpose, and to like embrace who they are. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't always fit into the box maybe Mm -hmm. of how, you know, other people think it should be because we're all unique and Mm -hmm. we have these different ways we should express ourselves. And who gets to determine what's good and what's not? Who gets to judge that? 
Yeah. yeah who gets to say no, like I said, who, what's wrong and what's right. And uh, not like seeing it as something wrong or as what's right. Because I don't, you know, I spend a lot of time with God. But in my own relationship, for me, with God, nothing is wrong or right. It's just a lesson and an understanding, deepening of understanding. Because truly God does not judge as we are all expression of expressions of truth and all expressions of God. So God knows whatever is to happen, whatever. You know, God knows our tendencies. God knows our, our flaws. And God still loves unconditionally mm-hmm. without judgment. And I think, you know, just that reframe of unconditional love, what it means to truly love someone unconditional, there's no judgment in that. There's just complete allowance of that person to show up in their fullness because, you know, this human predicament is is, is somewhat limiting and we can't express our fullness because we're always being judged. And um, that comes with a lot of like shame and that comes with a lot of guilt because we want to just express ourselves in our fullness. And sometimes it's like, you know, we have people saying that everyone has opinion about everything thing Mm -hmm. you know for everything that you do someone is going to have an opinion and those opinions comes with come with judgment but it's important to uh, always remember that we are expressions of the infinite and there's no such thing as perfection it's just expression expressing the infinite allowing the infinite to express itself through you in the way that it wants to express itself through you and only you can understand that only you can understand that the way that God expresses itself herself itself himself through you you know so even right there, so you say the way God expresses himself, herself, itself. Yeah. I want to know how you grew up in terms of spirituality. Not like this. <laughs> Not like this. It was more so like 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 we went to church, like my mom, like kind of like forcefully mm-hmm. went to church. And, and I didn't really feel like that connection. Like that connection, I always felt like you said, like God was always judging, waiting to condemn me, waiting to send me to hellfire. Um, and I had a lot of questions about, I, like I grew up grew up very curious about about life, but I was very introverted, so I didn't really ask those questions. It was more so just sitting and watching and just observing and not feeling like, not feeling it, not feeling like a relationship, you know, it more so feeling like some sense. I don't hate to say it, but like slavery, like you know. Although we are servants, are we, although we are here to serve, but it felt like slavery. It felt like it felt like you know I must do right. If if I do if I do wrong, then you know that's the end of me. Like it like God like judges you. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up like very just not interested in anything God, mm-hmm. just not really interested in anything God um, until um, maybe like my mid early twenties. Early twenties is when I began to become more more seeking of things outside of the Christian dynamic, the Christian paradigm, and um, more so looking into Eastern philosophy and Buddhism and Hinduism and everything that I can find. And in those in those scriptures, in those contexts, in those texts, it was, you know, God in a different view. It was a God in the form of a beloved, God in the form of a friend, God in the form of not just a, a, a son, but a father, but a mother as well in all expressions as the people that we are speaking to as well. So having a more universal, having a more universal perspective of God that really helped me develop a more personal relationship with God and not just one dynamic of God as the father or the mother, but God as the friend and the beloved really helped me open my heart more to um, loving God and and being able to freely express um, my devotion to God and to pray, to pray with just strangers, just, yeah. to, just because I understand that, you know, um, the person is there, but God is also there as well. And it's every conversation is a conversation with God and every meeting is a meeting with God just in a disguise. It's like every day is Halloween. Mm. <laughs> every day is Halloween with God. I remember being really curious, too, as a kid yeah. and wanting to just know why people were shouting or why yeah. they were like falling out mm-hmm. or like, you know, why are they yeah. crying and all these things. Um, and then just wanting deeper explanations of stories from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, I stopped asking asking questions after I got shut down mm-hmm. like a few times of like, well, that's just what it is, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and then you just learn to just yeah. go with it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, OK. Um, and for you, it was early 20s. But I have to be honest, like I I have for the most most of my life just lived more religiously, just mm-hmm. like in the routine and trying yeah. to be a good girl and a good person. And if I'm good, 
do I get to heaven? But yeah. there's really no standard for good because there's yeah. nothing in particular that lists what it means to be good versus mm-hmm. not. Or, um, you know, some people might be like, well, you just follow the Ten Commandments, but there was no concept of heaven in the Old Testament. So yeah. they're like, mm-hmm. and then what actually are the Ten Commandments? Because most people will list three and then like yeah. tap out, right? Mm-hmm. But we're trying to live by this standard Mm -hmm. that it just doesn't exist like doesn't really exist fully or isn't like really printed out you Mm -hmm. know yeah um and so because of like that religious space by the time i found you i had been exploring these ideas for like probably 18 months two years or so where i just kept feeling like god is bigger than Mm -hmm. how i have perceived god to be Mm -hmm. um and I can make decisions that maybe other people don't resonate with, but knowing that I'm making decisions that are that feel right for me, yeah. Um, even if it doesn't look like yeah. what other people think it should. Mm-hmm. And your music has just been so instrumental yeah. in kind of ushering in that freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things you talked about, loving God and loving others, I've yeah. seen you do lives where, you mm. know, you, uh-huh. uh, you know, you answer people's questions yeah. or you're just there. And I was on a live one time and I saw somebody, they made a, a statement about your masculinity versus yeah. femininity, something. <laughs> and the way that you answered in such love mm-hmm. Because I just knew I was like, oh, he probably about to get him. (laughs) I know I was watching and I was reading the comments like, oh, who is he? What is Mm -hmm. this? And your response was so loving. Mm -hmm. I was blown away. Oh, I don't even know what I said, but it's just, you know, I know who I am. And so being being gentle with people because people don't know who I am. And for me, you know, I'm. Try not to ever be triggered by someone's opinions or thoughts because they're coming at it from a worldwide view and they're coming at it from their perspective. And it's just like we're all looking at the same thing, but we're seeing it differently. And so it's just being mindful of that, but also knowing who I am enough to not even be triggered by someone else saying that I'm this because I know who I am and what I am and what I stand for and how I may come across. I'm a, I understand that I may sometimes come across as too gentle or too kind or a, a bit effeminate, but I mean, that's just an expression of me. I just just allow myself to express myself freely, you know, mm-hmm. without any like boxes. Okay, this is a masculine thing to do. This is a feminine thing to do. This is a human thing to do. But uh, this is what the spirit wants to do. And this is how the spirit, um, my spirit expresses itself. So not putting, not putting a cap on that, not, in, not building any walls around me so that I can be able to re- express myself fully and uh, not worried about, not worry about being judged, you know. Every other month, I attend a Super Friends brunch where we talk about everything from purpose to pursuing new dreams and even menopause. Yep, you heard me, menopause, because if you're over 40 and your girlfriends don't keep it real, I don't know what to tell you. But we have these important conversations because how can we redefine wealth if we're not keeping up with our hormonal health? Now, We discovered Happy Mammoth. It's the company that created Hormone Harmony, and it's dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for us. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. Hormone Harmony contains herbal extracts called aptogens that help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally. And any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take Hormone Harmony. It's perfect for hot flashes, night sweats, menopause-related brain fog, sleeplessness, occasional bloating and gas. You get the picture. Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com by using the code RW at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RW for 15% off. Yeah. You know. That was so good. Um, Because I don't remember exactly what you said, but I remember that I felt such compassion from you and it made me even as someone who was watching at first when I saw the comment I was like now why would you come on here (laughs) with that nonsense and that foolishness and then watching your response and your energy and the way that you 
answered but served mm-hmm. that person. Yeah. It literally has made me more thoughtful because I used to ignore yeah. people. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like a very like, I'm not, you're never going to catch me cussing people yeah, out on yeah. Instagram or anything <laughs> like that, right? But I would ignore people. Yeah. And what you taught me in that moment was it's okay to correct people in love. Yeah. Even in a space, in yeah. a platform like yeah. that, it, I just felt such a sense of love mm-hmm. and compassion for, I think you said something around, like like you said today, your perspective and your your worldview makes you feel that this is what masculinity is and yeah. this is what femininity is. But what it also did that, that conversation freed me in a sense too, because coming out of, um, you know, this season in my marriage, I used to think that I was very masculine. Yeah. And I don't know, something about how you said it that made me feel like all of me is okay. Yeah. Yeah. You are enough. Yeah. You are enough. Like all of me is okay. So there's no reason to feel like I need to change, Mm, you know, these more. We all have both, right? Both energies, but change this part or try to make myself more mm-hmm. feminine, whatever the heck yeah. that meant. It just yeah. literally allowed me to just embrace myself yeah, in this be. season, to just yeah, be. To just be. I think yeah. it's a time to be masculine. It's a time to be feminine. It's a time to just throw all of, both of them out, out of the way and just be, mm-hmm. you know, because we begin to, like, split ourselves up. Like, okay, I have to be this way with this person. I have to be this this way with this person instead of just allowing ourselves to be and the more that we allow ourselves to be what is essential for that person will come out what that person needs will come out because okay we are embodiments of totality mm-hmm. we are embodiments of all that is and all that will ever be and as if we allow ourselves to be if the masculine needs to express itself in this conversation and in, in this exchange then the masculine principle the masculine energy will express itself and the feminine will take a back seat and 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 it's a dance in that way so we're always dancing we're always interchanging roles, even between man and woman, man and man, woman and woman, whatever that person needs. If a person is just being and and uh, comfortable in their being, whatever that person needs will come will come in. You know? Yeah. 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 I definitely have felt that. Um, OK. Oh, so I like I told you, I think before we even started recording, I literally feel like. Your music has been like the soundtrack for my mm. healing. Like gotcha. I start every day with morning asana mm. and gratitude. Doesn't matter if I'm in my prayer room or on the stairmaster. Mm-hmm. They they come with me um, in the morning. How has music helped you heal in your own life? Uh, dr- dramatically, dramatically, just beyond belief. Because I've always music has been always been my way of expressing myself. Um, I was very quiet, very not shy, but introverted to the point that I like almost became shy. Uh, still growing, still growing out of that. But just because I lived in a very uh, traumatic environment for since I can remember up till I was 17 mm-hmm. um, I was just very withdrawn very disconnected uh, from everything outside of me I had to escape because my environment was so violent and um, so dark and just not not a place that a child should be um, I can honestly say but uh, music was my escape you know music my, was my escape to just express mm-hmm. myself um to myself, just to let me know that, hey, I'm okay. Just to let me, just to give me some sense of purpose, just to give me some sense of, um, like, I okay, I belong somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, music has always been instrumental in just my expression. Um, and the more I just listened to more music and the more I just became um, an artist myself or a poet, poet myself. I first started like mm-hmm. writing poetry or just journaling and stuff, um, but always had a natural gift for rhymes and words and um I, lo- I just love words I just love words so always had a passion for words and writing down words so um music has always been instrumental in just me expressing myself I when, should say it wasn't even music but just me expressing myself when did you realize your words had the power to heal others um probably when I realized they had the power to heal me you know probably when I you know because I never I never create from a from a perspective of what do people need, I always create from the from the place of okay, where am I in my life? What do what words do I need to hear? Or I may reflect on my life and what words did I need to hear at certain points in time in my life. So it's always for it's always for me first. 
it's always doing the experiment on me, like a mad scientist, just always doing the experiments on me musically, sonically, and, the, and, and seeing that it actually works for me. Uh, my last project, I cried every song. I cried <laughs> on every song, writing every it's song. Okay it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. Cried every song, like listen, listen, listening to the playback through the writing process, through the recording process, just tears, just tears. So that's how I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I know because it works on me. It works on me. And so I understand, like, I'm not alone. Though we sometimes we may feel alone. Um, we're not, you know, we all have similar stories that intertwine, that lead us on a path to self-discovery, that lead us on a path to self-healing. So we can all learn from, we can all learn from each other's pain because it connects us with our own pain. And then we're allowed to say, okay, this is how that person dealt with it. Let me, let, let me let that be a doorway into me and let me discover myself in, Mm -hmm. in this way. Yeah. I really identify with that just even here on the podcast. I have used this platform for years now to share literally what's going on with me and how I'm navigating different seasons of my life, whether it was as a wife or now a newly divorced woman or a mother raising Mm. a teenager. They've grown up like, you know, hearing about or my daughter has grown up and everyone's heard about what this process has been like. And I am so grateful that I never saw it as a, a space Especially because I was known as a finance expert first. So people would say, well, you just need to stick to talking about money. Now you're branching off. You're Mm. telling people your business, which we know black people. We don't tell people your business. Mm. Um, Like all these things. But I literally invite the guests that I want to hear from. And I feel like the audience is blessed as an extension of that. Mm. Or I talk about what is resonating for me, like what's going on in my life and I think that we are so connected that even if someone does not have the exact same experience, there's something that they can glean Mm -hmm. from your process. Yeah. Right. And I love that. My first grade teacher, Ms. Boynton, used to say, when you know something, you have a responsibility to share it with friends. And this podcast taught me that my words heal. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't rhyme like you do, (laughs) but still using words help. Now, I know you are loving the Redefining Wealth podcast, but do you know what would take it up a notch? It's if you invested in a copy of my brand new book, Redefine Wealth for Yourself, How to Stop Chasing Money and Finally Live Your Life's Purpose. Now, on the podcast, you hear me talk about the six pillars of wealth every single week. That's fit, people, space, faith, work, and money. And I want you to incorporate this into your life. But let's be honest, the podcast isn't enough. I poured 114 lessons from my own life, the rituals, the mindsets, the behaviors, the attitudes that I had to shift in order to redefine wealth for myself in each one of these pillars. And now I've made it available to you. So you can make sure to pick up your copy in paperback, hardcover, or even listen on Audible. Whatever you do, make this a part of your library today. Kind of going back, because uh, we mentioned It's Okay to Cry, which yeah. is on the Self Heal album, one of my favorites. Um, I started to forward that song to so many men in my life. Mm, wow. I was just talking to a, a brother yesterday about, like, because he, he felt like... Uh, he was just getting into this 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 season of his life where he he just wanted to cry like he's a producer and he was saying like he was working with the artist and he just started to cry but he had to wipe his tears like really fast so that she wouldn't see them because as a male it's like you're not supposed to you're not supposed to especially at work and and in front of people especially mm-hmm. as a black male you're not supposed to shed tears for anything not even the most traumatic or or extreme things you're just supposed to suck it up and 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 go about your business but that causes that's like suppression of energy like those tears are those tears are those tears are expression of energy and so when we suppress that we suppress that energy from expressing itself we suppress those feelings from expressing themselves and we we, we stop ourselves from from truly just uh, not moving past it, but moving through it. Yeah. 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 One person in particular um, cried in front of me and then he immediately said, like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I know I look so weak. Mm-hmm. And I was like, weak to who? I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. Like I was so happy to create a space where mm-hmm. you felt comfortable enough yeah. to to cry. Like yeah. there's no judgment mm-hmm. um, in that. But I have heard, 
and seeing these memes and, and comments, even on social media, where women will say, like, oh, I don't want no man that cry. Yeah. Mm. How damaging. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's, like, even, like, like our mothers, like, um, I can only speak from my experience. Like, my mother, she would always tell me, like, I was too soft, like, too, um, like, uh, she called me a waterbag. <laughs> she always said, like, why are you crying for? Because I was very sensitive, very mm-hmm. sensitive as a child. So I would cry, like, over words, just her telling me so- something in a certain way. And, um, and so I grew to be very emotionally numb and disconnected mm. um, from just just people's words or expressions or just feelings, my own my own feelings and emotions. So um, just going through life, uh, life without with going throughout life and relationships not being emotionally available because of my upbringing where I was not allowed to even cry myself and no space, no container was held for even as a child to even yeah. cry. And that that. You grew up as men who don't cry and who don't who are not in touch with their emotions. And if they're not in, in touch with their emotions, they're not going to hold space for a woman to express her emotions and freely, mm-hmm. you know, and which women can be sometimes can be a lot more emotional than um, than men. And so you have a dynamic where the woman doesn't feel heard. The woman doesn't feel safe and you know, the man doesn't feel connected to her because he's not he's not connected to him in that way, mm-hmm. you know. And that's something that I'm still learning to hold more space uh, for for my wife and hold more space for uh, the women in my life, especially in my mother as well. As, uh, you know, uh, the song Healing Conversations, that was a was real that there, was a yeah. real conversation with my mom um, and an opportunity to opportunity that we had to to cry together and. The first opportunity that we had to get together to her, me crying and her not disallowing that, and, you know, and her crying and me holding space for her tears as well, mm-hmm. you know. You know, I started with, you know, I shared it with a lot of men, but honestly, the first time I heard it, which it came out last summer yeah. at this point, um, the first time that I heard it, I cried and I had been separated for nine, 10 months, I think at that point. And listening to that song made me realize that I hadn't really cried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's okay to cry. It's, it's okay, okay to, to cry. cry. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and there's, I forget the exact lyric, but there's just something about like, basically you've allowed yourself to be hard, like mm-hmm. on the outside, yeah. you know, but you really want to cry inside. Yeah, you really want to. And there was something about, yes, I made this decision Yes, I know that this is the best decision for me. Mm. Yes, I feel good about my choice. But I had created, I think, a story that, and for those reasons, there's no reason to cry. Like, you're good. Because I grew up also in a, you know, South Central Los Angeles. It's (laughs) like, you got to be a thug to walk through there, right? So I got used to not really crying. And I remember crying, Mm. listening to that song in the shower. And then I had a conversation with my therapist and I was like, am I okay? Like, why don't I cry more? (laughs) Yeah. And we had this whole conversation about, Mm. was I even allowed to cry as a kid? So Mm. not just even for boys, but for girls, for Mm. any of us who are just Uh, taught that you push through. Yeah. And, and not realizing that, two things can be true, right? Mm -hmm. I can be very comfortable with my decision and also embrace the grief that comes with it. Mm -hmm. Like grieving what I thought my future was going to look like and the fact that's going to be completely different. Mm -hmm. And just because I'm comfortable with the decision doesn't mean that I can't allow tears to flow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's okay to cry was a blessing to me. And and healing conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, On this season of the podcast... I also have my forgiveness coach uh, who's going to participate in this season because I didn't realize how much unforgiveness I was harboring and not towards um, my ex, Mm -hmm. but towards different people in my life who I realized I felt like taught me to accept behavior. Yeah. That was not like Mm -hmm. cool. Um, And it has prompted some healing conversations. Yeah. It's yeah, beautiful. that's beautiful. Hard conversations. Yeah. <laughs> How would you say your relationship with your mom has 
grown, I guess, since having healing conversations? Um, I think it's still a work in progress. There's still a lot of there's still a lot of uh, unknowing there. There's still a lot of um, you know, there's all forgiveness there, you know, forgiving the person, but also forgiving the situations. But there's a there's there's a lot there. There's a lot of residue there. And so it's still a work in progress. It's nothing that happens mm-hmm. overnight because you have to reframe your whole emotional uh, intelligence around this person. You have to reframe your whole mental awareness around this person. And it, it's just allowing more love into that throughout the process. So it's never it's never an overnight thing reshaping your reshaping your mind about a certain thing. Mm-hmm. It's never an overnight thing research re, reshaping your heart around a certain thing, but you can allow love into that space and allow love to be the guide and to be the guiding compass in that space. And it it happens over time, but it's it's like I said it's a growing process. Yeah. Um like I forgive her, I don't understand. I understand a little bit. Um, I've been, I've, I think I've, growing up, I've been over it, but I never allowed myself to grieve over it. Mm. I never allowed myself to reflect over it. I just got over it. Just keep it moving, keep it pushing, like keep yeah. going. And that's, that, that's kind of been my drive in life. So that even, even just those traumatic situations have been a driving force for me to, to go forward in life. So I can't be, you know, mad at the situation because it's helped me get this far. And without those situations, I wouldn't be this far. Um, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been shaped in this way. Yeah. And I love this person that I am. So I have no regret of, of the molding. Mm-hmm. I have no regret of how I was shaped. Um, so it's just going back into, looking back with more forgiveness and understanding and allowing love backwards, you know, and, but Mm. also moving, moving in love forward as well. Because a lot of times we just go forward and just, okay, love from here on out. But we also have love to give to the things that we never allowed ourselves to grieve, the things that we, we never allowed ourselves to acknowledge Mm -hmm. and express. So it's always a growing experience when you're healing. Um, But healing happens simultaneously, instantaneously. The moment you affirm it, the moment you express it the moment you allow it you know it's never like healing is not a process but reshaping the consciousness reshaping the reshaping the heart reshaping the mind to to see that in a different way is a process Mm. is a is a process oh that's good I don't think I've heard that expressed that way first of all I have to call out loving backwards because that was so good like allowing yourself to love backwards um because what I got from that song in particular was just compassion yeah Because those conversations that I've been having have really illuminated a lot of factors I never knew anything about. So it's given me more like, oh, that's why you behave that way. Yeah. Like I have at least more compassion for Mm. why maybe you made certain choices or said certain things. Um, And I like that loving backwards. But you said healing happens the moment we decide. Yeah, the moment we allow. The because the, the power that the power that heals is the soul. The power that heals is God. And like we said earlier, we don't have to beg for that. We just have to allow it. We just have to ask it. Healing is of our own nature. That's why it's called self-healing. Like you ask yourself, come to yourself and ask for the healing or command that healing or summon the healing. And the healing happens. It's just reshaping the, the heart and mind. You know, um, you know, it's like, you know, we've come from God. We rest in God and we return to God, but not any point in time in that coming and and resting and going back. God is always there, you know, and, and it's just saying like the air that we breathe. It's never like we have to go somewhere and breathe. We don't have to go outside and breathe. You know, it's just breathing where you are, being where you are, receiving the healing wherever you are. And I think uh, a lot of times on our path, on, in our journey of healing, we it, it feels like a burden, it feels like a burden, but it's not supposed to be a burden because we're taking off. And any moment we choose to just take off these garments, we could just take off these garments. Anytime we choose to just take off these traumas, we could just take off these traumas. But we make it difficult by thinking that it's all on us. It's our problem to deal with. It's it's our burden and that, you know, it's a process. You know, it can be a process if you see it that way, if you make it that way. But it also can be very liberating anytime that you choose it. You know, anytime that you choose it, because it's available to you at all points in time. Mm, that is so good. Um, mm, okay. 
So something that I made a decision about, yeah. and also one of your songs has been really helpful, is Love Your Body. Mm. Yes. Um, with Lizzie. So I told, mm-hmm. uh, they know it. When I turned 40, I yeah. did this episode about numbers that I was like not going to be attached to anymore. And one yeah. of them was like numbers on the scale. Mm-hmm. And it was also the dress size number. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm like, girl, what you was at 25, yeah. you know, I don't think that's coming back. 30 is not coming back. 35 yeah. is not going to come mm-hmm. back. I mean, you just need to love yourself. And I remember yeah. Love Your Body is like my new gym anthem. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Why was that song important on an album called Self Heal? Um, the body is an expression of the self. And, you know, growing like growing into adulthood or just growing up we we're taught to just shame our bodies in a certain way we are always comparing our bodies to other people's bodies we're always saying okay I don't look like this body or my body looks better than this body but um it's just more so accepting your body loving your body really receiving your body as a vehicle to take you into healing you know without this body you wouldn't you wouldn't conceptualize healing because it will happen spontaneously and instantaneously. But having having these bodies, they are our they are gift from God. You mm-hmm. know, they are gift from God and they are expressions of God. So we don't want to just, you know, be all in our hearts, all in our minds, all in all in this space of forgetting the body, because the body is also spiritual. The body is also um divine. The body is also light, an expression of light. So we don't in this path of self healing, we also must bring the body with us. Mm-hmm. I like to say because um, especially on the spiritual path, most spiritual teachers don't. They, they teach you just to just treat the body as something that you should be ashamed of, something that you should be uh, that, that you should not allow to be pleased or pleasured or experienced in a certain way. Um, it's like an obstacle mm-hmm. on the spiritual path. But I don't see the body as an obstacle on the spiritual path, but rather a tool for awakening, but rather a tool for healing, but rather a tool for ascension, but rather a tool for divine expression. So in my teachings, in my just my life, it's imperative that I embrace all parts of me, all expressions of me with as an as an offering to the divine mm-hmm. you know not just my my heart my mind my life my service but my body as well is an offering unto the divine and not excluding anything from from the body of Christ from the body of God you know but including everything because I don't want to leave anything out you know I don't want to leave anything out of this relationship that I have with the divine mm-hmm. so good well for anyone who's ever struggled with just uh, body image. Yeah. This is the song because I jam. love this. It's the jam. It's the I jam. mean, you call out everything: <laughs> hips, eyes, mm. lips. Like you just in the. I'm in. The, I know they. They're probably like, what is she listening to? But I. <laughs> no, it's a vibe though. It's, it's a, a vibe. It's, it's a vibe though. It's a, it doesn't sound like spiritual music. Yeah, it doesn't sound like. But I gave you the spiritual take on it. But it has a. It has a surface level. Okay, embrace all. Like embrace your hips. Embrace your eyes. Embrace your teeth. Embrace all parts of you. You know because that's you. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another vibe. Lest you believe that mm-hmm. it's all like, I mean, it's yeah. all deep. Everything you yeah. talk about has such deep meaning. Mm-hmm. But another vibe is um, all summer. All summer, all summer. Yeah, that's that's my joy. <laughs> that's my joy. That's my vibe. That's my cut. Okay. That's a little bop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why all summer? All summer. That's just like like this is where where I am in my life. Like I've been doing this a while. I've been really on my grind. Like I've been grinding all summer for. 30-some summers I've been Mm -hmm. grinding, and this is like an opportunity. I feel like I'm in my prime. Like, this is prime me. Like, this is prime Lundrell. So it's just really just popping my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Just popping my ish. You know what? Yeah. It was one of the songs that I was really singing when my divorce was final because I felt so good. And I just I would run into people who would find out and they'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm really in a good space. And, um, you know, you talk about cashing your checks. I'm like, yes, (laughs) yes, Landro. Like, I just I love that song. Um, You know, I want to talk to you all day. Yeah. Uh, but this can go three hours. Oh my gosh. There's so much here. There's so much. Yeah. I would love for you to just share um, about abundance because I know you participated in mm. Chopra, Deepak Chopra's Journey to Wellbeing series. Yes. That and was you talked about abundance. Yeah. Um, what's your take on abundance? Um, my take on abundance is abundance is absolutely free. 
it's an energy that you just have to really tap into, be available to, accept and receive as your fair share of abundance. It's not like only in wealth or 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 uh, material things, but it's also in the immaterial things, the energy of everything. And energy is totally free. Like we just have to really open our hearts, open our minds to the possibility of of the infiniteness of everything that is. You know, life is abundant. Life is abundance itself. And we, especially coming from um, uh, uh, our demographic, we, we believe in scarcity. Yeah. We believe in scarcity more than we do in the infiniteness of all that can be and all that is. So my idea or my conception of abundance is abundance is all that there is. Mm-hmm. You know, there is not like there. It's not split up. We can only split it up in our, our minds. We can only divided in our minds but abundance is totally for me totally for you and there's no scarcity in that you can be rich and wealthy i can be rich and wealthy the whole world can be rich and wealthy if we accept it if we accept it if we not separate ourselves from the abundance that is our ourselves as well you know so it goes back to um, what we talked about earlier separating things as this and that that's where we that's that's a dangerous game that's a dangerous game because we begin to to say, okay, that's for you and that's for me. And what you have, I can't have. And what I have, you can't have. You know, but so for me, abundance is a truly a mindset. It's really a mindset and knowing that all that I, like, I don't need everything, mm-hmm. I, but I have access to it. Yeah. And that's important. It's available that's, to me. Yeah, it's available to me. Yeah. Because we don't need $30 million right here in this conversation. You know, we don't need any money in this conversation. So, but outside of this conversation, when something commands that, demands that, I know I have access to it. I don't have to, I don't have to chase it. I don't have to seek it. It's seeking me because that opportunity for it to come in, that vessel, that container for abundance come to come in, it has made itself available, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what anything in life, whatever, wherever you are, it's like what your life can handle, but what your life also needs. And you always have an ability to level up. Yeah. Always have the ability to level up. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Before I let you go, I'm going to ask you what we call around here redefining wealth rapid wisdom questions. So mm-hmm. you're just going to tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Ah. All right. You ready? Here we go. Yeah. How do you define success? Success is purpose. Living in purpose. Yes. Okay. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Wealth. Living, living joyously, living joyously is the greatest wealth. Yes. Our season, last season was about scaling joy. Mm -hmm. So Uh, I love that. Um, What's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? um, Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. I probably read that book. I'm on my fourth time reading it. So oh, that's wow. that's my only financial book that I've ever read and mm-hmm. probably would ever read because it really just every time I read it, I scale up. So I think it's it whatever it's I don't know the secret yet, but yeah. I read it and things just start to happen. Yeah. Things just start to happen. So that's one of my favorites, too. And have you ever read um, the version written by Dr. Dennis Kimbrough? No, I haven't. Thinking Grow Rich. He's a mentor of mine. And Mm -hmm. that was a book uh, Uh, that like changed the game for me. I got it at 20 Mm -hmm. and I read it all the time too. Love it. Um, Okay. You're going to fill in the blank. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Landrell. And the truth about wealth is that it's always available to you. Amen. Um, Landrell. I know that I discovered you on Spotify, but you have so many other things um, going on. Is there anything in particular that you just want to share with folks? How do they get to experience all things Landrell? All things Landrell. Um, Probably mostly experience like my life. (laughs) Probably Instagram. Instagram backslash Lundrell, uh, Twitter. I'm not really on tw- on Twitter, but backslash Lundrell, Facebook backslash Lundrell, uh, YouTube backslash Lundrell. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are the most primary ways to experience me day to day. But of course, musically, sonically, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere that you listen to music, anywhere that people listen to music or or podcasts as well. Mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm there expressing myself in in some sort of way. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You guys, I'm actually going to do you a favor. 
I'm going to make my playlist uh, public so you uh, all yeah, can get into it. Um, Londrell and some other um, vibes, like I said, that have just been the soundtrack of this season in my life. Um, and I just, I'm so grateful that I get to thank you in yeah. person, vibrate higher. Yeah. I truly feel that even in some very low level conversations yeah. and situations and occurrences, um, keeping vibrate higher as just like one, even when you came back out, I have to say this too. Yeah. You got me on self heal because you added like a whole nother verse I, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. end. And I was like, Oh, this is on here too. And yeah. then you gave us a little surprise, but mm -hmm. um, that song in particular, but really just your mm -hmm. whole body of work, such yeah. a blessing. And I'm so, so grateful to have the opportunity to yeah. look you in your eyes and as just say, Thank you, because mm -hmm. I truly believe that you've been so instrumental mm -hmm. in helping me navigate what mm -hmm. could have been, I mean, a very tumultuous season. And mm -hmm. I can sit here in all honesty and say yeah. that I got through this season and I continue to grow through this season with as much dignity and peace and joy and love and forgiveness because your words just permeate mm -hmm. every space that I occupy every day, in every way. And I'm so grateful that you said yes and yeah. that you were obedient to the call on your life. So thank you. I say thank you for just holding space in your heart and your mind and your life and, and your struggles and your triumphs for, for the music to kind of just be like a perspective. And I think that's what I most offer is perspective to allow that person to see things differently and they can make the best decision possible for them in any given situation. Um, and that allows a person to see things a little bit differently, but with wisdom, with also wisdom, that also includes your heart as well. So you're not just out here just thinking with your with your head, but you're also mm -hmm. filling up from a space of intuitive heart, heart-centeredness and guidedness. And so thank you so much for just being the embodiment that you are to be able to receive my gift. Um, Sometimes I feel misunderstood and just not heard, but thank you for being uh, one of the many, but one of the few who who really are in tune with the gift in such a way that you that you get it, that you get it, and that truly means a lot. That you actually get it, apply it, and your life is your life is mm -hmm. you know beautiful because of it, you know, and you are radiant because of it. Yeah, thank yeah. You. Thank you. You guys, I hope that this conversation with Landro has been a blessing to you today. I cannot say enough how much just allowing the words to wash over me has literally allowed me to trust myself on a different level, to love myself on a different level, to have a greater appreciation for who God really is in my life, um, and to also love others even if I don't feel like they're necessarily being lovable, that's not the point. <laughs> it has literally um, just been, like I said, a soundtrack for healing. I'm going to link uh, to that playlist and all things Londrell in the show notes. I really encourage you to just get into it. Go explore some of these songs for yourself. Hopefully you find something that really uh, ministers to your soul as well. Let's talk about it in the Redefining Wealth Facebook community. Come on over because it's free. You can also find me on Instagram, Seek Wisdom PCW. Um, and until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever feeling like you have to chase money. I'll talk to you later. 